Are you a business owner or entrepreneur who's had great success in the business world? And now you want to launch a speaking career to share your message with the world. If that's you, then listen up. 25-year speaking industry veteran Brett Ridgway has released his latest special report, Three Key Things Entrepreneurs Must Master to Build a Profitable Speaking Business. To pick up your copy, go to brettridgeway.com forward slash freebie. Welcome to the Spotlight on Speaking Show with Brett Ridgway, where you'll learn the keys to building a profitable speaking business from speaking industry pros. Each week, we interview a great guest who will share his or her speaking journey, identify what their keys to success have been, and highlight some critical mistakes they've made along the way that you'll want to avoid. Be sure to visit our website at spotlightonspeaking.com. And while you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now, sit back, tune in, and get ready to meet this week's guest. Hello again, and welcome to another episode of the Spotlight on Speaking Show with Brett Ridgway. I am your host, Brett Ridgway, and I'm excited to have as my guest today, Pauline Wiles. Now, Pauline is a professional website designer who builds strategic, custom websites for speakers and authors. As an author and speaker herself, she noticed others were often overwhelmed by this task. Now, she aims not only to create powerful websites for people with a message, but also to dispel the myths around how difficult a web project should be. British by birth, Pauline is now a contented resident of California, although she admits to an occasional yearning for afternoon tea and historic homes. Her professional resume includes teaching computing to adults on both sides of the Atlantic, as well as entrepreneurship education and marketing analysis. Pauline speaks internationally to groups about simple but effective website design at conferences, summits, webinars, and workshops, also on podcasts. When not creating websites, Pauline can be found reading or calculating how many miles she has to run to justify an extra piece of cake. Well, I will tell you, Pauline, I will be doing a lot of calculating probably, but she loves to travel, and but adores coming home too. So Pauline, welcome to the Spotlight on Speaking show. Thank you, Brett. Hello, it's great to be here. All right, so we definitely are going to be talking about websites some today, but Pauline, I always like to start by finding out a little bit more about my guest's speaking journey, because I know you do speaking to help build your business, and so when did you begin the whole speaking? Did it only become when you got into websites, or were you doing speaking on other topics before you got into the whole website development arena? I did a fair amount of speaking when I was employed in the corporate and nonprofit world. But yes, it's fair to say that my interest and enthusiasm for speaking really took off uh, when I started my website design business. And I realized that that was a wonderful way of connecting with people. And the website design business has been going on since? Um, about four years now, full time. Okay. Uh, longer longer in other ways, but about four years now uh, as a full-time profession. All right. So you obviously speak about website mistakes and, and things of that type when you're speaking on a platform. When you're speaking on a platform, Pauline, are you doing specifically just business building speaking to make people aware of your services? Are you selling from the platform directly? Are you doing keynotes? What type of speaking arena do you niche yourself in at? 
Yeah, it's definitely not the keynotes. I would characterize it very much on the business building side. Occasionally, I might do a little light selling from the stage, but almost all of my sessions are workshops. They give a lot of practical information. And really, I'm showing up there to serve that particular audience, give them some useful takeaways and build the business in that sense. So what makes for a successful speech or workshop in your mind? Well, I had this in mind for one of the mistakes that I've made, but let's jump into it now. Um, <laughs> certainly with any workshop, uh, there's only a, a certain amount of information that the audience can absorb and act on. So being very realistic about not drowning them in all the information and enthusiasm that I might have for all aspects of websites um, and setting very realistic outcomes for the session, I think is a good start. Um, also knowing that audience, knowing their level of technical comfort, where they might be in terms of do they even have a website, do they have an old website, are they looking to improve what they've got, or really are they starting from scratch, that's uh, always a good guide to me for the type of information that they're looking for. All right, so that raises a question in my mind, Pauline, because over-teaching is one of the things that I have to struggle with myself. So how do you determine when too much is too much in terms of content for a, a presentation? Well, I'm learning by experience. Um, I think for me, it comes down to if I could only have them take away a few pieces of information, what are the most important points versus a more um, advanced audience or an audience with a, a different interest angle, they might be looking for more specialized information. So I think it becomes too much when, uh, when there's simply too many learning points, too many action points that I'm asking the audience to go away and do. And I will quite often flag to them um, you know, this is the thing, if you take nothing else away from this session, this please is the one thing that I want you to, to get clear on and to go away and do. All right. So as a business building speaker, you know, do you primarily make people aware of your website design services? How do you get your gigs? I mean, how do people find you? How do you get on the summits and on the stages and all that stuff to talk about these mistakes? Yeah, mostly I pitch. I find groups that I think would be a good fit for my expertise. I work a lot with, um, as well as speakers, with authors and consultants. So I guess my sweet spot are the audiences that have, um, have done all of those things. And yeah, I, um, with a few exceptions, I have been invited to, to some situations, but generally speaking, I am getting in touch and suggesting to the organizers for that group that I have good information that would benefit their members and that there would be some useful takeaways from having a session. So Pauline, how are you finding these groups? What specific tools are you using that, that any business builder speaker might take a look at as a possible avenue to getting more engagements? Yeah, well, first of all, you need to know your niche and where people are organizing themselves and hanging out for that niche. Um, taking the example of if I want to speak to authors, then because I'm an author myself, I know what some of the existing groups are, 
where the local chapters are for writing organizations, um, where, what the uh, the conferences are that are going on and so on. Mm-hmm. Then, of course, we've got Google as, as a wonderful tool. Um, and I'm a big fan of looking at other people who serve the same audience, not necessarily competitors, but other experts with great information. Mm-hmm. And if we have a similar audience, then I quite often look at where they have spoken. And one thing can lead to another in that sense. All right. So let's talk about websites specifically. So what do you think maybe the most three or four or five or whatever most critical elements to be on a speaker's website are? Well, first of all, you need to pass the test of is the first impression when somebody lands on the website, is it modern? Is it fresh? Do you look relevant? Assuming that you've updated your website recently and it's not gathering dust and it looks like a relic from from way back when, then your website needs to demonstrate, and this is where we would say show, don't tell, that you can deliver an outcome and that you get results for the topic and the expertise that you want to speak on. So that means you're being very clear in your description of what what you talk about, what you deliver. It means you've more than likely got videos up there, testimonials, um, some examples of other similar organizations where you have spoken. And then having set yourself up so that the event organizer has good information that you are indeed a very strong fit for what they're looking for, you need to make it super easy for them to contact you. So no complicated forms. You don't go burying your contact information uh, several layers down, whether it's a phone number or an email address. Get that right there on, I would say, actually every page. So certainly your homepage, make it easy and make it very easy for them to take the next step in getting in touch to to discuss booking you. All right. So I'm willing to, if you're willing to, throw up my own website as a guinea pig and get your commentary on it about what's good, what's bad, what would you change and all that. Are you willing to do that? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I'll put my glasses on. Let me go to screen share here and right. All right, here we go. All right. So this is my personal site. So you're, you're going to give me a professional critique of this site about what you like, what you don't like, et cetera. Uh, so you, you're, you're driving, you're in the navigation seat. You tell me where you want to drive, what you want to look at. Okay, great. So first impression, uh, I like the, the white background. It looks very fresh, very clean. You've got a very clear menu structure along the top there. It looks like you've got your social media icon showing. And I see a contact menu, so I would know where to go if I wanted to contact you. Um, At first glance, Brett, um, I can't see if that's a video or a photo of you on stage there. That is is a photo. Okay. Um, My guess would be that might be a slightly older photo. I don't know how recent that is. That is Um, correct. It is is older because I have not been in any live events to get a new shot of. (laughs) Okay. And then on the right-hand side, it looks like you've got a lead magnet to build your email uh, list. Correct. Um, That's an excellent tactic. I like that. I'm not sure I would place it there. it does look a little bit like a, a sidebar on your website. And these days that tends to be a giveaway that the website is older. 
Um, but Brett, I can cheat here because I've looked at your website. So I know that this isn't a bar that runs all the way down the page. Um, but nonetheless, I might I might move that under the photo or introduce a dreaded uh, pop up. We could even talk about those if you want to. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Scroll down for me. All right. So I have a question for you then. So where would you put an opt in box? Because should it not be above the fold? So we want people to see the most important information quickly. These days, many of your website visitors are going to be on a mobile phone, and so they are used to scrolling to some extent. Okay. Now, that's not to say we want their thumb to have to run the equivalent of a marathon before they, they find the information. Um, and Brett, if, if that photo isn't super recent, then you could even slip your email sign up in above the photo. That's another possibility for okay. you as well right. but i'm also a fan of having that email sign up on every page so that might mean that as well as giving it a starring role on your home page that you would also put it somewhere like the website footer if it's not there already and i am probably guilty of that so <laughs> so yeah let's scroll on down okay super so that's a fun headline there very nice um i don't suppose today we want to get into all the nuances of search engine optimization but we could talk a bit about headlines if uh if that yeah. is an area of of key interest but yeah. i like now that we're seeing already some of the the people that you've worked with so that's some social proof of the um of the extent of your work and hopefully there's some name recognition there for your yeah. audience um Looks like we're down now to the books that you've written. Right. Depending. So the key, a key angle of any website, and especially for a speaker, is thinking about the outcome you want. And at different stages in our business, we might have different priorities from a website visit. Oftentimes when I work with an author, they say to me, I want the audience to buy the book. And I have to remind them gently that if they sell one book, you know, they've maybe made, well, depending on the pricing, anywhere from, let's say, 2 to $10 on that book. Right. Whereas if you get someone to join your email list or book you for a speaking event, then potentially you've got a lot more reach. Mm -hmm. So sometimes with authors, especially if they've got multiple streams of income and the book is, is more demonstrating their expertise than actually paying the bills, then I encourage them uh, not to get so hung up on the angle of buying the book. Um, and then yes, here, Brett, I haven't read it, but you've got a pretty long paragraph of information. Um, visually, that's a lot to absorb. And these days I would suggest that having hundreds of words on your website homepage, your typical visitor isn't going to read. Of course, you want some of your backstory and you want to make that connection. Um, but generally speaking, these days, we would move that to a bio page and only right. pull out some of the key points that your website visitor really is looking for to give them a sense of, of working with you. All right. Very good. Makes perfect sense. All right. Do you have anything else we want to look at up here? Um, come all the way down for me to the bottom of that first page, if you wouldn't mind. One of the sure. first things I look at, and as I recall, Brett, you do pass this test, so don't don't worry. Um, at the bottom of almost every website, we've got a copyright year, and you'd be amazed how many people 
forget to keep that year up to date. And for me, it's one of the easiest things to look at to say, has anyone cared about this website? Have they been anywhere near it uh, recently? So yours says 2023, which is the year we're recording this podcast. So that's super. Um, it's one of, one of the easiest ways of showing a visitor this person is still around, they're still in business, the website is, is still cared for, and yes, they're worth your attention. Okay. Uh, yeah, and you've got your privacy policy, you've got your terms and conditions. Um, these are also important uh, details. Um, I haven't heard of people running into too much legal hot water from not having them. But it's another sign to your audience that you know what you're doing and you take your business seriously. All so right. I don't know whether you'll be editing this for length, but uh, hopefully podcast listeners <laughs> are getting a sense of some of the important things to think about on the website homepage. All well, right. I'm not sure I did see down as we scrolled down there, Brett, was what's the call to action for what somebody should do next? And this will be different for every business. For a speaker, it might well be contact me to discuss your event. For you, Brett. Um, you know, on, on the homepage here, it's, you know, get on the list by getting the free special report. Get on the list. On, on the, uh, you know, some of the other pages, it's if you need a speaker for your summit or whatever, you know, here's how you reach out to me type thing. Yeah. You know. So a website will get the strongest results when, and this in fact is one of the key takeaways that I always highlight when I speak to groups, a website gets the strongest results when you, the business owner, get very clear on what your ideal outcome is. And yes, different pages could have a different call to action. But I, um, I would love to see you add another reminder if somebody has scrolled down that page before you leave this page, here's the thing I want you to do. So it might okay. be join the email list. It might be, you know, pick up the phone and invite me to speak. For somebody else, it might be, you know, schedule a consultation call for services. Um, a really nice, clear call to action on each page. All right. So I do, I want to bop through a couple other things on the side here in just a second. But before we do, uh, now let's just do it now. Let's just keep rolling. So... <laughs> All right. So for people viewing this, we're not going to go through each of these sections in detail, but I do just want to show you what's here so you have an idea of things you might want to put on your website. And then if you see anything in particular, Pauline, you say, oh, that's terrible, Brett. You should really get rid of that. Or Brett, you really need to add this. You will not hurt my feelings whatsoever. So feel free <laughs> to speak up. So. You're very gracious. Yeah, so it looks like you've got a page there of testimonials. And a page of testimonials, and this is the way I lay it out on my particular site, so. So that's great. I'm a big fan of sprinkling testimonials throughout the website. Okay. So on your homepage, instead of having um, that gallery of faces that we saw, um, you might want to pull out not the whole of these testimonial paragraphs, but one or two really punchy phrases. Mm -hmm. um, so from this first uh, testimonial here from Wendy, you know, something like, um, enthusiastically recommend you for any event promoters who demand only the best. A little phrase like that, promote that to the homepage uh, and indeed sprinkle some of these other really good nuggets through your other pages. 
um, that way, if somebody doesn't take the time to come to your testimonials page, they will still get a sense of the uh, of the love that your audience has for you. Uh, great advice. So just FYI for others out there, I always recommend you put a headline on your testimonials like this, where I pulled out a, a you know one of the things that she said. Include a picture of the person if you can, if at all possible, with their permission. And don't do Wendy L as a, you know, if you have the full name, it's much more convincing than having just the first name and last initial or whatever in a testimonial. All right, so boom, up and over the speaker section. I do have one page in the site's a little slow today. So there's my one sheet. It certainly could be improved. It is there is the ability to download it there. Obviously. Yep, great. Click to download it if uh, if an event planner wants this wants the one sheet. Yep, looks great. All right, previous speaking gig. So this is mainly just icons or logos of events or or podcasts that I have been on myself. So credibility piece certainly. Yeah. Do we have anywhere on your site, Brett, where we have any video of you speaking? See Brett in action. Mm, okay. So I would what... be inclined to merge this into the speaker page. So okay. Um, you you might need to think about design layout and kind of what's taking up space where. Uh, um, but if you can include some easy clips so that somebody doesn't have to click from page to page to page to see the testimonials and then see examples of you speaking. Um, I think that would serve you very well. All right, then uh, that's great advice also. So I also have a link to you know various programs that I'm offering, a link to my books, so they can buy the books off the site. Yep, and of course, it's great to feature books to underline the expertise and show credibility. And yeah, you certainly have plenty of that, Brett. Yep. Then under podcasts, I have a link to my LinkedIn newsletter, as well as the blog, and then the podcast itself, which is what we're recording an episode for right now. So We surely are, yes. All right, and then the, the all-important contact page, as Pauline said, make it easy for people to know how they can get a hold of you. Don't make them search around the bottom of your site and footnotes to try to find a email address or whatever. So, all right, I appreciate your comments very much, Pauline. Again, you will not hurt my feelings whatsoever if you have anything else that you think should be improvement. But let's talk about websites in general a little bit more, not just specifically about mine. So. What are some of the biggest mistakes, Pauline, that you see speakers make on their websites? Well, you know, what's an absolute no-no that you run across re repeatedly and it's like they're killing themselves? Um, so a speaker is killing themselves if they had the website designed, let's say, five, eight, ten years ago, and it's pretty much sitting there gathering dust. Mm -hmm. That is the equivalent of let's say you're looking for, oh, I don't know, a lawyer or an attorney to do some important work for you. The person says, yes, I'll come over to your house and discuss. And they they turn up in this terrible kind of rusty old um, machine that looks like they really don't care <laughs> about, um, mm -hmm. about how they are perceived. So that's the equivalent. Your website really is your online office. And to get hired as a speaker you need to look like you're up to date and credible and professional and that you um and that you care about how you're coming across 
and, sure. and that you're keeping that current. So you've got to pass that initial test of does it look recent and, and current? And right. then I think for a speaker, sorry. I'm going to say I want to take a quick break here, Pauline, for a word from our sponsor, and then we'll continue with that thought. Are you a business owner or entrepreneur who's had great success in the business world? And now you want to launch a speaking career to share your message with the world. If that's you, then listen up. 25-year speaking industry veteran Brett Ridgway has released his latest special report, Three Key Things Entrepreneurs Must Master to Build a Profitable Speaking Business. To pick up your copy, go to brettridgeway.com forward slash freebie. And we are back with the Spotlight on a Speaking Show. My guest for this episode is Pauline Wiles, and we're talking about websites. So you're getting ready to make a point before we went to break, Pauline. So let's just jump right back in there if we could. Yeah, we were talking about the main mistakes that speakers make. And the second one I would call out um, is what I would categorize as trying too hard. So sometimes as a speaker, we think we've got to have a really flashy, impressive, dynamic, movie-style website where there's a lot going on, there's video here, there's moving things here, there's something else vying for attention, uh, you will come across as much more professional and higher in value if you get very intentional about how many things are competing for attention on the site. I have a rule of thumb. My preference as a designer is only one thing that's moving on the page. When you've got moving elements on a web page, that's what draws the eye, and the eye gets very confused if there's just too much going on. Um, I like to say, don't be, don't be flashing and, and clashing. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think speakers can afford to dig into your area of expertise, be confident in the value that you bring, and go for a much more curated look on your website so that you don't appear like you're trying quite so hard. So it doesn't have to be this massive kind of Hollywood effort of, of uh, a movie trailer kind of experience for the visitor. What exactly do you mean by a curated look, Pauline? This comes back to what is the ideal outcome we'd like from a website visit. And on different pages, that could be slightly different because you might have one page where you really want an event organizer to agree that you look uh, credible and they want to be in touch with you. You might have another page that's more about what the item is that you're selling from the stage. But in all these cases, not asking the visitor to do too many different things, but instead guide their eye, guide their intention toward the one best outcome that you would like, at least on that page, that will serve you very well. Okay. Research shows when people have too many choices, they tend to make no choice at all. Right. Um, and I think I've actually seen previous work from you on this Brett <laughs> where where you recommend be very clear um realize your audience is busy they have a need try to serve that need quickly and efficiently all right now Pauline actually sent over maybe some suggested questions I don't normally follow those because I just kind of go with the flow or whatever but she sent over a question that I had never given thought to whatsoever and that is how does a savvy speaker use the their website as a fee negotiation tool what the hell do you mean? What the hell do I mean? <laughs> I am talking about the brutal truth that almost all event organizers will either Google you or they will check out your website before they initiate contact. And hopefully if they Google you, they're finding your website. 
So they've already taken a look and that means your website has gone in there, if you like, as your advanced party to advocate for you, to show your value and to position you as the ideal speaker for what they're looking for. Now, of course, all this presumes that you've done your research and you're, uh, you're pitching to the right events, the mm -hmm. right organizers, and there's a, there's a great fit for why you should be the speaker. But this then makes the difference between do they get on that um, initial discussion with you or, or the call where you are discussing fees? Do they get into that discussion looking for an easy reason to say yes? Or are they actually looking for a reason to say no? And if your website's done its job, then your website has backed up that you're a great speaker on the topic they need, you deliver value, you know what you're doing, you're professional, you're credible, and they will get on that call then looking for an easy yes. If your website hasn't done the job, then you're probably one of several people being considered. We know event planners are busy, and if they're considering several people, then really their motivation is finding a reason to say no, because they've got to narrow down the field. So especially for newer speakers, and I, I feel this myself because I'm not the most kind of charismatic, persuasive salesperson, but especially if you're, you're newer, newer in your field or you don't love fee negotiations, know that you've got um, a buddy, you've got a team member, and that is your website. And the website is going to go there in advance for you and, and set you up as, as worth the fee. So do you feel, Pauline, that speakers should definitely post their fees on the, their website or whether they should invite people to reach out to them to find their fees? That depends entirely on the speaker's preference for negotiating fees. My sense is that most speakers would prefer to negotiate and to take each case on a case-by-case -case basis. I think if you absolutely dread fee negotiations, or if you absolutely have a bottom line amount where you won't leave the house or you won't get out of bed for less, then a range can be helpful. Mm -hmm. But if you have got any enthusiasm for negotiating and finding common ground and you know, if it's not a headline fee, you can find some other benefit, like they're going to buy a book for every audience member, or they will allow you to sell from the stage. Um, I don't necessarily think a confident speaker should nail down fees on a website. Okay. All right. So we're coming to the end of our time together, Pauline, but before we wrap things up, I would like to give you a couple of minutes to tell people a little bit more about what specifically you do, how they can get involved in your world if they so choose. So the floor is yours. Thank you. Yeah, I'm a big believer that a successful website that brings a return on the investment that you make in it has to start with strategy. So I encourage my clients to get very clear. What is the outcome that you're looking for from your website? Is it about getting you booked to speak? Is it about selling services? Are you going to be selling from the stage or is it maybe um, the backup player for your, your book launch tour? So everything starts with strategy because we can't create a great website that gets you those results unless we're clear on that. Once that's decided, then, yeah, I design custom websites for speakers, uh, also authors and consultants. 
and I am uh, more than happy to connect with people and discuss how we can make that happen. A first step, something that people like to do, I have some free templates on my site for designing the speaker one sheet. Uh, Brett, your, your one sheet at first glance looked very strong, but if a speaker feels the need for freshening up the speaker sheet, then those are available on my site. Um, and the easiest way to find those, let's see, I set up, I set up a link. Uh, my site is paulingwells.com. We'll certainly make sure this is in the show notes down below. So okay, yeah. So anyone who wants to go to paulingwells.com forward slash Brett, you will find the the speaker one sheet templates available there for you uh, for free. Well, awesome. Well, thank you so much, Pauline, for being my guest today on this episode of the Spotlight on Speaking Show. I wish everybody out there the best in all you do. Take a look at your website based on the comments that Pauline has made and see if you need a, a freshen up. And if you do, don't hesitate to reach out to Pauline to see if she can give you some help. But uh, as always, I wish everybody out there the greatest of success in all that you do. And may this year be your greatest year yet. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. This has been the Spotlight on Speaking Show with Brett Ridgway. Be sure to join us every week as we interview speaking industry pros and have them share their best tips for building a profitable speaking business. Until next week, thank you for tuning in and remember to visit our website at spotlightonspeaking.com so you can enjoy even more great episodes like this one. While you're here, be sure to subscribe via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Spotlight on Speaking show. Until then, our sincere best wishes to you for the greatest of success as you work to build your own profitable speaking business.